the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. Hello and welcome to the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. We've had a couple of months off while we've been running an Exploring Christianity course, but we're back with a new series. In this episode, Ken looks at the word without. The main reading is Genesis chapter 1. Yes, we're going to look at this word without. Uh, it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form. Uh, all that was created um, in them six days, could we do it without them, you know? So, um, we're going to have a look at this word in a few places in the Bible. We Christians know without God nothing can't exist. So, um, as we read in um, at the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. But the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. It was God working, um, uh, moving, um, creating um, this um, world, this place that we live in today. Can we do without any of these foundations God has created? The earth was without form, and darkness was upon the deep, but God said, let there be light. Darkness was already there. I asked the question on Google, can we live without light and darkness? It is unlikely, though, that an adult could die directly and exclusively from prolonged darkness. Most likely a person would become ill and die from a range of chronic diseases called by lack of sunshine, such as diabetes and high blood pressure and tuberculosis. Without the sun, heat and light, the earth would be a lifeless ball of ice-coated rock. The sun warms our seas, stirs our atmospheres, generates our weather patterns and gives energy to the growing green plants that provide the food and oxygen for life on Earth. Many species, including humans, need darkness to survive and thrive. Glare from nighttime lightning can create hazards ranging from discomfort to frank visual disability. Exposure to artificial light at night disrupts this process, increasing our risk uh, for cancer and potentially <coughs> deadly diseases. Darkness helps to stimulate the production of melatonin, a hormone that helps you fall asleep quickly. I ask the question, do a blind person sleep better being in the dark? <coughs> we are talking how important is light and darkness. Sleep problems, when you're visually impaired, they say eight out of 10 people suffer 
from sleep disorder, so we understand it. It's a story we don't like. When someone is visually impaired, sleep can be very difficult and present many problems. This can be for a few reasons, but the most common is when the body clock gets out of synchronization with the 24-hour cycle of the day. This means that our body gets confused about when we should be awake or asleep. Each day the body clock is reset by light sensors, cells in our eyes. That uh, signals to the brain that it is daytime. Therefore, if you're visually impaired and cannot sense light, sleep problems are more common because this reset mechanism fails. This disruption can cause many major health problems because it is linked with a variety of hormones, in particular melatonin, which is only produced during the night. This lack of melatonin production can result in symptoms including memory loss, inability to concentrate, digestive problems and lack of energy. The reason for this is because these body functions rely on the right hormones being produced at the right time of the day. God knew what he was doing when he created light and kept the darkness. Without light and darkness, many problems would occur. Earth would be a lifeless ball of ice-coated rock without God intervening. It is an important part of our creation. Without light and darkness, living things would not exist. Genesis 1.6.7 On the second day, God said, let there be water and the firmaments, well, that's the heavens. What is a firmament, I ask? Why do we need it? A word used for both the vault of the sky and the floor of the earth, probably literally expanse, to spread out. It's a great expansion where God places matter. It's space. We have seen the video by Lee and Strobel uh, explaining the expansion of the universe. We have a reading here, Isaiah 51:13. And forgettest the Lord thy maker, that hath stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth, and has feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor, as if he were ready to destroy, and where is the fury of the oppressor? So not, let's not forget who spread out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. Let us not be persuaded by man's ideas, but let us believe in God's word. It tells in John 1.3, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made. That has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And in the second day, he created water and the firmament. So let it divide the waters from the waters. What does that mean? Well, God first divided the waters permanently, that's vertically. There is water above us and water beneath us. We read in Proverbs 8, 26 to 29. Before he made the world, or its fields, or any of the dust of the earth, 
I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so the waters would not overstep its command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth. While as yet he had not made the earth nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there, he said. Yes, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the foundations of the deep, we know that there is a vast water above us, uh, due to the amount of rain and floods we have on earth. <laughs> but do we need clouds? We read it. <laughs> but do we need clouds? We read it didn't rain until Noah's day. Mm. So what was the clouds doing there? Well, first they had an established part of the water cycle, the clouds are, providing an important link between the rain and the snow, the oceans and lakes and, and plants and animals. But secondly, clouds also have an important effect on Earth's temperatures. But it's a bit complicated. Clouds can both cool down the warm, cool down and warm up their temperatures on the earth. I put the question: Can we live without clouds? Without clouds, average surface temperatures would rise by as much as 22, 22 degrees Celsius. That's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> Without the clouds. Without the clouds. So God knows what he's doing. <laughs> this extreme temperature spike will not only destroy the abundance of most vegetarian, uh, vegetation and wildlife, killing off whatever survived the drought, it would also melt the polar ice caps and cause massive flooding on coastal cities. So the importance of clouds it's just not a dream. Scientists have now discovered that beneath the earth there is a body of water, a third more bigger than the seas and oceans we already know. Water is critical to all life, while the tolerance of how long an organism can survive without water varies dramatically, particularly when we get to the microbial level. All life as we know it actually depends on it. Fresh water is necessary for the survival of all living organisms on this earth. Our bodies are made up of about 60% water and we cannot survive more than a few days without it. Does God know what he is doing? Yes. Certainly he does. First, the second day, we have darkness and light and the firmaments and the waters. Now the third day, God created on earth. God created earth, sorry, dry land, grass herbs, fruit trees, yielding fruit and seeds after its own kind. God saw that it was good. God has created the body or the vessel of mankind from the earth. So we need this earth to create man, mankind from the earth, and God put the spirit in us. 
So the very purpose God created her was to create mankind and other living things. Scientists say people are about 96% carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen, prosperous, and sulfur. Not only humans, but all things in our planet Earth made up of all of some 120 uh, added, added elements. So it is true not only from um, religious sites, but from angles that all living and non-living things in our planet made up of all these elements. That element is of the earth. It is also a place for mankind and animals to live. God said he put them on dry land. Can we read uh, Genesis 2, 4 to 7? This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, and the Lord made the heaven that made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. Uh, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Yes, we definitely need the earth, and humans can can survive in very a very of environments, including on land and in the ocean. However. It would be difficult for humans to survive solely in the ocean without access to the land for resource and shelter. Our bodies are adapted to living on land and we would need to make significant adjustments to survive in the ocean for an extended period. Additionally, the ocean can be a dangerous environment with many challenges that would need to be overcome, such as storms and sea creatures, as Noah, uh, Jonah, I should say. <laughs> he was taken by a sea creature. Without plants, not only would we have no oxygen to breathe, but we would also have nothing to eat because all the animals that depend on plants would be gone. Without plants, life on Earth as we know it would be impossible because they provide food for the human pets and all the wild animals. God produced seed bearing plants, herbs, trees, so that it will continue producing all the things that we would need. And God said it was good. Without these things, we would not exist. Uh, reading Isaiah 44, 24. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer who formed you in the womb. I am the Lord who has made all things. Who alone stretch out the heavens. Who spread out the earth by myself. Yes, on the fourth day, God made light in the firmaments. God that put the sun, he gave us light from the sun. Heat and the energy. It may seem that energy comes from other sources such as gas and electricity, but the ultimate source of energy for the earth is nothing else but the sun. Without the sun, life on earth would not exist. 
and it, it is the pull of the moon's gravity on the earth that holds our planets in place. Without the moon's stabilizing our tilt, it is possible that the earth's tilt could vary widely. It would move from uh, no tilt, which means no seasons, to a large tilt, which means extreme weather and even ice age. We read in Isaiah 40, 26. Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things, that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might. For that he is strong in power, not one faileth. But what if we didn't have a moon? Here are the top five things we would miss without it. Nights would be much, much darker. The next brightest object in the night sky is Venus, but it still wouldn't be enough to light up the sky. A full moon is nearly 2,000 times brighter than Venus is at the brightest. Without the moon, a day on Earth would only last 6 to 12 hours. There could be more than a 1,000 days in one year. That's because the Earth rotation slows down over a time thanks to the gravitational force or the pull of the moon and without it days would go by in a blink. The third one, a, moon, a moonless Earth would also change the size of the, the ocean tides, making them about a third, one third as high as they are now. And also, for forget about seeing a, a lunar eclipse or any solar eclipse. Without the moon, there would be nothing to block the sun. And another one, without the moon, the tilt of the Earth axis would vary over time. This would create some very wild weather. Right now, thanks to our moon, our axis stays tilted at 23.5 degrees, but without the moon the earth uh, might tilt too far over or hardly tilt at, at all, leading to no seasons or even extreme seasons. God knew what he was doing when he created the earth. We see um, in the um, sixth day God created all living things, even mankind. And God said, let us make man in our own image. <coughs> After our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish and the sea and over the fowls of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image and in the image of God created him male and female. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowls of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Without these things God created, in Genesis 1, there being no life. We can only have life through God. God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. 
from the very beginning of time. He wanted a relationship with us. We were made in his image. If God was an image of a hands, he would have made us hands. But he made us man in his image we are made. We were made to spend eternity with him, but on his own terms, not ours. ours. He has given us a choice of life or death. We can live with him or without him. We have a choice. We, ne we know through the fall of Adam and Eve that death came through man's sins. To have life with him, there are three things we cannot do without. If you are to have joy, peace and assurance of forgiveness of your sins and a place in heaven and an eternal life with him, these are the three things. Uh, Hebrews 9, verse 18 to 28. Thereupon, neither the first testament was dedicated without blood, for when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of cows and of goats with water and scarlet wood and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the new testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. Therefore, it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heaven, heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered the holy place made with hands, which are copies of the truth, but into heaven itself, how to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood of another. He then would have had no supper often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed for man to die once, but after this, the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear the second time apart from sin for salvation, not end of what he did. Yes, it says in verse 18, so even the first covenant was not um, put in force without the shedding of blood. Without his blood, we cannot um, have our sins forgiven. And um, it is for our atonement, for our life, um, he done this for us. Uh, Leviticus um, 17 11. 
for the life of a creature is in its blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. So if you need forgiveness of sin, bread will have to be shed. Yes, Jesus done that for all of us. He done it up on the cross for all of our sins. Without this blood, uh, we are guilty. We cannot have a relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, with God himself, the Father. You cannot get to heaven if you are guilty of sin. Every sin will have to be forgiven. There is no way for forgiveness except of the works of Jesus Christ. When Christ died on the cross, God accepted that sacrifice. You are forgiven because of his blood. Revelations chapter 5 verse 9. And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou hast slain, or wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. Yes, by his blood, yes. That's the first thing we cannot do without. Yeah. And that is the blood of Jesus Christ. And the second thing you cannot do without, we find in Hebrews 11, 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Yes, that's the second thing we can't do without with mm. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Mm. So we've got to believe um, we, we've got to follow in Jesus' footsteps. Christ has done the work on the cross. That is part of the terrible death he had to go through. It's shedding of blood which we cannot do without. He has paid the price for our sins and our salvation. Now it is our turn to believe in what he has done for us. We must do our part, and that is to believe by faith. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteous because of his faith. Although Abraham had been uh, demonstrating his faith through his actions, it was his belief in the Lord, not his actions, that made that Abraham right with God. We read in Romans 4, Verses 1 to 5. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. Yes, we too can um, have a right relationship with God by trusting him, believing what he has done for us. Our outward actions, church attendance, Pray good deeds will not by themselves 
make us right with God. A right relationship is based on faith. The heartfelt inner confidence that God is who he says he is and does what he says he will do. In Genesis 15, 8, Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? That is the land God had promised them, Abraham. Abraham was looking for a confirmation and assurance that he was uh, doing God's will. We also want assurance when we ask for guidance. But we can know for sure that what we are doing is right if we do what the Bible says. Abraham didn't have the Bible. He heard personally from the Lord. But we can know what God is saying through the Bible, through the Word. We would have trust in what God's Word says. We know we cannot uh, be forgiven without his precious blood, the works he done for us upon the cross that we now must believe by faith. Faith is believing and receiving what God has revealed to us. Faith is a personal trust, far from any of our works. We cannot work our way to heaven. By grace you are saved. It is a gift of God. It says in Mark 11, 22, Jesus tell, tells, have faith in God. So if Jesus tells us to have faith, we must um, follow his ways. John's Gospel commands you to believe on the Son of God. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. There is no other way you can come to God except through faith. And this is, a ple and this is pleasing to God on all who believe. Romans 5 tells us, therefore, since we are being justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace, in which we now stand. Praise the Lord. And the third thing we cannot do without. We can't do, not, we can't do without the creation. We've been through all that all the clouds and uh, uh, stars he created, we could not do without that. But we, the third thing we cannot do without, Jesus said, without me you cannot bear any fruit. Uh, so that's John 15, 5. John 15, 1 to 5, sorry. The vine and the branches. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me? I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Yes, without me, you can do nothing. We all have a choice to make as to who we are going to follow. The only choice that leads to salvation 
is to follow Jesus and obey his commands. To abide in Jesus means that we are all in and committed to follow him. No matter where the path leads us, no matter how difficult the road in front of us, Jesus starts off with his statement with I am. There are seven statements that John records with Jesus saying I am. We read in Exodus at the burning bush that Moses asked God to whom shall I say who sent me? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to them. So the name I am is God and it is also Jesus Christ. He is part of God. Many other Pharisees and those who taught the law and some other people would have thought that he was speaking blasphemous words, pronouncing that he is God, which is true. Without the vine, we cannot survive. Without the true vine, how can branches grow? Without the vine, the branches cannot bear fruit. Jesus is telling us he is the only way, the only truth, and the only life that we must follow. Without his blood, without his believing in him by faith, there will be no forgiveness of sins. There will be no eternal life spent with him. Without Jesus, life is so meaningless. We live, we die, and we might think that's it. But Jesus goes on to say, there is eternal judgment to all those who do not believe. He talks more about hell than heaven. It is very vital for all of us that we must believe in Jesus or suffer the consequences. We read that Jesus fulfilled all prophecies that were spoken about, uh, about the Messiah first coming. He fulfilled them all. Now we are waiting on the second coming to be fulfilled. It will happen because God's word is so true. Jesus said, without me, you cannot bear fruit. We need to be in a relationship with him to bear good fruit. Galatians 5.22 says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Lord Jesus Christ talked about the fruits of the Spirit in John. He said that without them, we could do nothing, and the fruit is what he wants us, he wants in our lives. He wants fruit, more fruit than much fruit. In the parable of the sower, he spoke on seed bringing forth thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. He wants us to bear much fruit. Now the fruit is produced by the Lord Jesus using the Spirit of God in our lives. He wants to live his life through us by his Holy Spirit. You are asked to let him live through you. No believer can live a Christian life himself. The whole nature cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except he abide in me. We are to yield to the Holy Spirit who indwells in us. The indwelling Holy Spirit produces 
Christian virtue in the believer's life. To sum it all up, without God, without his creation, without the blood of Jesus, without faith, without Jesus, we cannot receive eternal life. We are all like sheep that have gone astray, but we, like sheep, can have some common sense and come into the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And that Psalm 91, the last verse, it says, Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Praise the Lord. And Isaiah 40, 28 to 31 there. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding knows them, Father. He gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait and hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They shall soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Yes, verse 28 gives us a few um, questions here. Do you not know? Have you not heard, it says? How can we know if we do not read the Bible? How can we hear if we don't see people preaching? Uh, how can people know if we don't preach to them? God's word is um, truthful and great. And I like this last verse, that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Praise the Lord, he is good. His beloved is whatever. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.